0: Hello, hello, hello. It's Monday. That means it's time for the Cannabis Closet Podcast. What's up, MJ? How you
1: doing?
2: What up? I am excellent. I am so excited for today's show.
0: It's so exciting. We have so many amazing women that are here. Um, They're starting to come into the waiting room right now. We're going to be bringing in these women and, and talking about what it's like to work in the cannabis industry as a woman because why it's international women's day
2: we get our own day yay
0: <laughs> one whole day to be a woman <laughs> oh,
2: um I guess, do we want to, how do we want to start today? I know we have a, uh, we do have a couple of guests that are just popping in for a minute and um, are in a little bit of a time crunch. Um, we typically start with some of our uh, your house cleaning stuff, our typical rundowns but I guess we could pepper those in um, put those
0: in the middle, but let's talk about what we do in the cannabis industry. And then we can bring in um, a couple of our guests and talk about some of our experiences I just want to um, let everybody who's watching know that, um, and we'll try to warn anybody beforehand, but we are going to have some amazing stories about the amazing times that we've had in the cannabis industry. Uh, But we are women in the cannabis industry, and some of us have some stories that aren't so good. We'll try to warn you um, that they're coming, uh, but we are going to talk about them, real talk like we do, and hopefully we can come up with good solutions to prevent these things from happening to other women in the future, um, the bad things. Of course, we want all the good things to happen to the women who are coming on, uh, following in our footsteps. So um, do you want to take it away? Tell us about your cannabis industry background and experience.
2: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, you can call me MJ. Uh, we we kind of have been playing around with my own uh, screen name as we develop this uh podcasts and, and keep learning. So uh, yeah, I've been in the cannabis industry for, well, legally here in Colorado. I got here in 2012 and started uh, on the dispensary level um, and then uh, you know just doing trim. Um, but I have background in cultivation and then eventually moved up here to the mountains and started uh, working with a doctor, uh, doing medical cannabis clinics up here in the mountain, helping Colorado patients get their um, get registered and get their license. So I've been doing that, plugging away, and um, yeah, now we're on this platform, so I don't have to just stand on a my single
1: soapbox.
0: Yay, <laughs> I know. That's why we wanted to do this. We have so much to say, and we've seen things go great, and we've seen <laughs> things go not so great. Um, my background is um, similar, but switched a little so i started as a dispensary agent uh, part-time ten dollars an hour y'all it was i was i was excited <laughs> and um within a year of my employment i made it into management uh and then i were i worked with that company for three years i had so much uh such a good time just working with the patients and being able to talk about cannabis and its medicinal effects. I worked in a medical dispensary. And then I went into um, cultivation and also education kind of at the same time. So I worked in a, in a, a legal cultivation center. And then I also traveled uh, with a nationally known company to educate on what it's like to be a dispensary agent and, and the things that we need to know. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's my background experience. Now we're doing this. Here, um, both both of us do some consulting, and then uh, MJ also runs Dr. B's Mountain Clinic. Uh, so yeah, I think we have uh, quite a bit of experience and a few stories between us. But I see a bunch of ladies in the uh, in the waiting room here. Do you want to bring um, uh, Dr. Regina Nelson in?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's that. Um, she's limited on some time here and then, um, so I met Regina. I had the pleasure of meeting Regina, um, back in 2012, 2013 Mm when I was in Denver, um, when she, uh, you know, just got to hear your story about how cannabis changed your life, helped your life and, um, and then just been so excited to watch, uh, everything that you've done, the classes you've developed, the program you've developed. So, um, let's hear from you. Um, Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Well, thanks for having me and thanks for celebrating Women's Day. I think you're right. I think it's really, <laughs> it's really important. important. And I think of all the good and bad you hear of this industry, when it comes right down to it, I'm a social scientist who focused my studies on medical cannabis, but, we're, but this industry is a microcosm of the greater society. So the really good things, they really stand out. So do the really bad things and they're there. And we've all seen it over the last year as a society of whole, but we're but a microcosm of that. And everybody wants to think everybody comes together like Bob Marley's one love and we're all grand. And that's just a fallacy because that's not how human beings are programmed. That's not how we work. And I think I love seeing so many more women come into this industry. I felt very alone in the early days. And, you know, there's I spent 25 years in human resources before I came to this and I didn't understand why I needed to go through all the corporate bullshit that I had to go through. And then I got in the space and I realized I needed to understand how to hold my ground. And I knew how to do that. And it's tough if you don't understand that, because this is something like no one's ever seen before. And so it's just really an amazing time and place in history that we're all getting to experience together.
0: For sure. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Do you mind if we bring also uh, Casey blue in as well? Sure. I want to like bring us all in for like a joint conversation. I know she's on a little bit of a time crunch as well. And we definitely want to hear from everybody. Hi, Casey. Can we hear her? You're a little bit low. Yeah, you're just a little bit low. Okay, let's see. Okay, can you hear me better now? It's still a little low. Is there like a a microphone? See if we can figure that out.
1: Okay.
3: Um, Regina, do you want
2: to tell us a little more about um, your ECS uh, program and what you're doing in Tulsa
3: Yeah, I actually, I developed the clinician certification program, kind of a take on a cannabis coach or instead of a clinician being a clinician, And um, I did that as I developed out um, the survivor's guide to medical cannabis, which is available on our website and on Amazon, but the certification classes are online as well. And actually I just started posting, I'm going to be posting a train the trainer session doing live online sessions starting later this month. Um, it's only the second one I've done in a year. We were really rolling for a little bit. Covid stopped. And I you know, I had to realize how much I was doing um in the public. And I'm in Oklahoma now. so I'm also working and getting ready to launch a product line here in Oklahoma. And I have a family cultivation facility. So I finally stepped really, truly into the industry this past year or so. And so it's been really interesting. But people can go to my website at myecstherapy.org and get all the information on classes. They can get in contact with me. And if, they, you know, if they've got any questions, they can reach out. I'm happy to assist.
0: Is this the program that we've heard about through another one of our guests that has taken it? I think I feel like probably
3: I have had about 10,000 people worldwide take the condition certification program um, part or all of it. And then I have about um, 75 trainers that are licensed to teach the curriculum um, in not just the United States, but about eight other countries. And so it's really grown. Um, It's CME accredited by the American Academy of Family Physicians. So that helps bring in a lot of health professionals. But it really, to me, is just like the nuts and bolts of what anybody in this industry touching the plant needs to know. (laughs) Because even (laughs) if you're you're in cultivation, people ask you. How, you know, my grandmother has a back problem. How do I do this? And it just gives you some real nuts and bolts. And it gives you some basic um, dosing guidelines. I think I'm the only one that does that because I'm kind of HR risk management and dispensaries can't give medical advice and doctors can't prescribe. But there's some really easy guidelines that really help people have a positive experience. And so a lot of the trainers also run businesses where they're doing cannabis therapy planning, a lot of one-on-one sessions with people. Who have you know really complex health issues, and um, you know, and it's just another tool in their training belt. Um, but it's it's a standard of a really strong, um, well-accredited um, education.
0: I like that, and I am interested very yay I'm an an educator so I want I want to know everything I you know yeah well and again educator
3: yes okay you want to know and I tell people all the time they're like why are you out educating other people to do what you do and I say because there's not enough of me and there's so much space and I want to empower there's so many women particularly that have a heart In social sciences, again, they talk about caring for and caring about people. And these are two different things. And women really hit both of those and investors hit none of those. (laughs) And I'm going to um, move because there's somebody at my front door. But um, it's kind of this thing of um, having a good understanding about... um, you know, around this industry, and then having a really good foundation to work from. And so many women are out in their communities as educators. And again, this is just another good tool and their tool belt that helps them earn revenue, helps me earn revenue, helps support the nonprofit that I am the president of and have a wonderful board. And we're getting ready to get off a number of research projects that stem, you know, out of these type things. But um, it's been building since before I met Maybe, <laughs> but um, you know, and it's just kind of been this long process and yet I'm super happy with where it's at, even with COVID. Um, and um, I've, you know, built up an international group during this time because a lot of countries are moving to medical cannabis and they're going about it so differently in the United States. It's just really very interesting where we're at again in history. That's yeah. a whole nother episode for sure. We actually have international cannabis
0: on our list to talk about. So, absolutely. Um, do we get this? Did we get your sound? How are we doing? Let's see. Do I, sound a little better? I think it's still, it's still pretty low, Uh-oh. but y'all turn it up because Casey Ballou is here and she's going to introduce herself. This, you know, <laughs> own it.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I
3: can't hear her.
0: Yeah. Let me just see if I can get her up. How about now? Let me try. Can you hear me now? Yeah. You're really low. I'm not sure what that's. I'm going to um, let you deal with that. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to put you in the waiting room, but we're we'll bring bring you right back. Okay. 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 okay.
3: There's always technical difficulties. Every every time
0: we've had, we have them all the time. So, uh, so have you, what kind of challenges have you faced um, being an entrepreneur in, in this industry that is honestly, it's a male dominated industry. We know that, especially when we talk about, um, when we talk about growing, when we talk about the science spaces, uh, extraction um, facilities, those are very male dominated uh, places. And The industry as a whole, they I mean, they 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 men, ladies and gentlemen, men, uh, mostly white men uh, have have done their best to push women out. We weren't even allowed to work underground in a lot of of these underground Mm -hmm. places because we were because we're women.
3: Because we're women. You know what I've seen? I'm in Oklahoma right now. And this is where I was born and raised. And the one big difference in this medical program versus others is it's a free market. And that has really shifted things for minority men and for women of all um, ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I see so many more in business here. And as mom and pops, that's kind of how our family grow operation is going. We're trying to Band together a little bit. And yet it's been just a disaster, as you know, trying to bring people in this industry together. It's just so oh. difficult. Yes. And one of the biggest things that I found is a problem is 280E and the fact that we still haven't federalized this and removed it from the schedule of controlled substances. Because right now, running an educational organization and a research organization, dispensaries and a lot of groups, they can't support work they'd like to support because they're being penalized. And that's got to change. And, you know, and then we need to be eligible for state and federal grants and these other things. things that, that have to come. Come. And we've been preparing for that, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, again, it's an interesting time and place in history to be before all of that happens and occurs. And, And then through that shift, and I think it's really important that women have a voice in this, um, and that minorities have a voice in this. People that have been adversely impacted by this need to have a voice in it, and not investors so much. much. But they tend to rule it, particularly where this is monopolized and there are limited licenses.
0: Yeah. Um, So, so we were just talking about Oklahoma last last uh, episode, last full episode, um, and discussing whether or not that was a better plan to have a free yeah. market yeah so, so the competition <laughs> to me yes, to yes me it cause, is because to me it looks like if you compete, if you compete and you do well you then do well. you do well it doesn't matter yeah. how much money you have everybody gets in on the same level right everybody
3: gets in on the same level And if you want to be small and niche, you can be small and niche in survive, or you can be, you know, there are big boys trying to blow it out right now. The market is always in flux because, you know, there in the beginning, there were no residency requirements either. So what we saw in flux into Oklahoma was everybody's been kicked out of Colorado, California, Arizona, Arizona, Nevada. Nevada. sometimes multiple states. I ran into people. That MJ and I knew in 2012 were bad news, but they're back, you know, and so we had to deal with some stuff.
0: But <laughs> I immediately just thought of a story, like immediately. I'm sure
3: stuff. I could tell you yeah. hundreds. <laughs> we all need to get together and write some of these up and just put them in a book. Publish I it or because that. It's the women's
0: book famous. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to try to bring Casey in one more time because I need y'all to hear this woman. So here we are. She's muted right now. So we're going to unmute. And I don't think it's still going to work. Oh, we can hear you a little bit better. It is low. So everybody else mute your mic and we're going to let Casey uh, introduce herself.
4: We were denied our license at first so we decided to kind of redirect uh, what we wanted to do because we always wanted to stay in the cannabis industry but we were always more about the patients and just wanted to find where we belonged and i've been cooking since i was a kid so we have found that doing like cooking lessons essentially we do online medicated cooking lessons for people which is so much fun and we just started up a new membership. So we have like a following of newfound members who have been um, cooking with us twice a week. And we go over dosing. That's That was like a two-week lesson for us to really um, get into the, um, the baseline. And then we talk about basics and how you don't have to be a trained professional chef to medicate yourself and to do it for a decent price. So we just want to show our patients that it's not about relying on someone else to tell you what medicine is going to work how you're going to medicate the best you can take all of that into your own hands and really experience something beautiful you can then get in touch with your medicine and your food and it creates a whole new experience for you um you know i have for so long struggled with you know a love for myself because physically and mentally we just weren't adding up and so now i feel like with medicating through my food, it's brought me a lot closer to something I struggled with my whole life, you know, I can make, you know, medicate a plate of veggies, and I'm gonna smash that whole plate of veggies, you know, because I know there's medicine in that, not a drop wasted, you know, Um, but it really, it has created something within myself that I then discovered that a lot of other people were missing in their lives too, Um, and it's the ability to medicate yourself and have that medication really work and be effective without breaking the bank and no one you know in this area was doing that yet or had even you know broken the surface so we really took um kind of a big risk and a big step whenever we first came out and started doing you know the medicated cooking sessions because it was something very new um but we had it took off you know we had people who were very excited because they'd never experienced anything like this so for us to be able to come on and just bring this virtual to people so that you don't have to be in southwest Missouri to um, get really good knowledge and the recipes are fun we do it live on Facebook twice a week so you have the ability to actually ask questions and cook with me as we go it's like a live interactive cooking show um, we talk about dosing every week we do little pop quizzes um, so if I'm like hey there's an ounce of cannabis in in three cups of oil, how much per tablespoon? The first one in our comments gets a little prize. You know, just incentives to try to keep people interested and make it fun. Um, But I really, I have always been about the education side of it for for the patients. You know, there's so many people out here who have been taken advantage of, who have been um, led through the mud, through pharmaceuticals. This is just one way to really get in touch with your medicine and not have it destroy your day, you know, if I can have a medicated Medicare. cup of coffee in the morning and it lasts for hours instead of me having to smoke habitually, and I always push, you know, moving into a new industry, especially a medical industry, we have to start medicating in ways that are going to do more good than harm, right? So we all know smoking is not great for us, of course, but if we can have those those people who have, haven't used cannabis since, you know, 1978, and now they're they're moving into a new industry. It's like, okay, let's start with microdosing. Let's figure out what your dose is going to be. Figure out your strains. Go from there because there's so much more than just um, eating a brownie and having it take you there. If you, if you know that 47 milligrams of a sativa dominant, you know, and not even, we try not to even say sativa versus indica. We talk a lot about terpenes in our group. Uh, thank you. It is so important to get your hands on the right turf, no matter what the strain is. You may think I'm an indica dominant fan, and I'm like, oh, no, no, precious baby. You like limonene and piney. Let's get into a different conversation now, um, because you can really find that um, each each strain is going to do different things for you, regardless of the terpenes. You could have a completely different phenotype of one plant, and so you need to discover what about those strains appeal to you, the smell, the taste, the nose knows. Just the nose. The nose nose. The nose knows. Your terps are going to, and you don't just find terpenes in cannabis. So whenever we're teaching our people, hey, if you have some dried lavender and you can also throw that into your extraction, you're going to get a whole different complex of terpenes naturally. Um, So it's just working in, you know, the natural health side, the cooking side, and the medicated cannabis, and that's what I live for, you know, that's my, that's my juice, it keeps me going, so, um, we just have started with the memberships these last couple months, so we're still getting off the ground, but it's going really well, and the patients have been a lot more interactive than I first anticipated, you know, we're getting a lot of good questions, good questions that I asked myself, you know, just a couple years ago when I was starting, so, these people want to learn and that's what I love about it so much it's people who are genuinely interested in doing uh, the same thing that I'm about I just want to medicate I want to feel great about myself and about the world around me and metas really take me there so cooking with cannabis has saved my life in a lot of ways you know I'm a recovering addict I'm seven years clean and cannabis saved my life to say the least you know I went from a place where everything was dark you know and now a lot of people say I am a light because you have to put you, out you the are world. I would agree you know, with. You have to just radiate it from your soul. Um, so I think that uh, medibles take me to a more even and consistent place throughout the day. So that's my little spiel about why I do
0: it. <laughs> you guys understand why I love this woman so much. I met her in Missouri in March. We we've, we've known each other now for a year. I was so impressed. Uh, We also have two other ladies on the panel today that are from Missouri and they've been on the panel with us before, but I was so impressed with your, um, with your caregiver program. The caregivers ran the program in Missouri um, and still are, I would say, because there's not even enough dispensaries out there um, and the expense of it, we don't even want to talk about. Right. And so caregivers are running the programs out there. Um, and I'm, you know, that's how I, that's how I met Casey. I met her at the um, convention we were at last year year. with Jason Mitchell. And, um, yeah, I I'm so proud to know you. I mean, you're amazing. I watch your videos and I'm just so impressed with your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And, um, I want to, I wanted to kind of go back. Uh, you said that you were, that you guys didn't get the license the first time. Did you reapply and get the license the second go round?
4: And we were trying to move legally into the thc space we had the financing behind it we had we literally met all of the qualifications um but we're still denied so we had already created this really cool network of people and i kind of joke that these people supported us before we even had our doors open so they were an open book you know they were ready to accept the information that we um that we put there it was just really important to us that we put the right information in their hands right Um, and so yeah the dispensary it was it's been
0: a definite Blessing in disguise, I, I, I feel like our, our listeners are going to be like, why y'all beating up on Missouri? And we're not. We're not at all. But we would like to understand why people who should qualify for their minority license are not qualifying for the minority license. And there are very few minority-owned businesses in Missouri right now, which we talked about on our last full episode.
3: And so that's the... Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
4: You know, there was always the probability that we could lose. I'm, I'm a numbers girl. I love math and science. That's why I really get into the dosing. We knew there was a probability of loss, but we had no idea what we were necessarily up against. My, my investors and myself, you know, I think getting into it, um, this is, it was a dream of mine for 10 years to open a dispensary and to be able to move into a legal space for something that I was so passionate about for so long. Uh, something that had saved my life and i had witnessed other people do it so we went in full force you know we were at the events all the networking um and i felt like we were really well prepared we had a good application but whenever it came down to it we again didn't score high enough and i've never been necessarily bitter with the state for that because i feel like it would just be energy misdirected you know i love you so much things that went into that you know (laughs) If i'm angry then what does that do for me no i'm going to agree that passion that i still have for cannabis and i'm going
5: to say okay well screw dispensary i can do better
4: i'm going to do something more powerful where i can touch more patients and help more people than ever you know it's not about and i've told people it's not about putting yourself out there and downgrading your work you need to work and make your your time well spent you, you have to make income at the end of the day, but it's also about making sure that you're confident in what, in what you're doing and make sure that you, at the end of the night, morally are okay with that. And I think that there's some shyness, you know, when money's made, there always is an opportunity for it to be made poorly. That's just, that is economic. So I think <laughs> that with this industry, we have an opportunity to do it right and to have a baseline and a foundation of really strong women in this industry is the most important, you know, to really get it done right. We all know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, I think that, uh, cooking has been my lifesaver in this situation because it wasn't like, okay, dispensary license were given. Now it's a beautiful, easy rollout. We have thousands of dispensaries open. No, it's still a mess. It's a nightmare, um, legally and financially, and we would have been struggling regardless. So. Um, It wasn't what we thought it was going to be, and I think that's a blessing for me at this point because it's given me this cooking dream that I get to live out. I love to eat. I love to cook, you know, and so I'm with it and help people and show other people that life is really beautiful and worth living. And it's something maybe as simple as just throwing a little oil into your eggs in the morning. Then that's that's a good way to spend the day.
0: I agree. Uh, MJ, did you have any questions? I feel like I'm just like stomping all over the place over here.
2: No, you're good. You're good. I can, I can, I'm only catching so much um, on my end, but I know that Casey is blowing everyone's minds with the information she's giving. So um, I would like to, I I don't have everything set up for sharing websites and everything, but definitely um, we'll once our website is up we'll be putting up links to share everyone's information here and you know, thank you so much for your time and and the energy that you have put into this like uh, and just encouraging that this is you know we are you know capable of pivoting when um, we're set up with challenges it's easy you know, to say okay we're, we can't do that direction we got to got to go somewhere else so um, you know, thanks for being an example of being able to do that and and uh, you know keep a good spirit about it
0: can I get a commitment um, live right now that you're going to come and cook something for us on 419, right? I got you guys. Yes. Okay. So we're, we're not going to be able to eat it, but she's going to do a recipe for us on 419, um, a cannibalism recipe. So definitely check her out. Do you want to share your uh, web information before we let you run off to your next appointment? She's so busy all the time. I love it. Mhm. I love people. that wild hair, girl. I always say better
4: busy than bored, you know. Yep.
0: Um so my uh my
4: website everything is pretty much based off of cannabelous.com which is C A N N A B E L E W S.com. Um, and you can find all the information about our website our, yeah our uh, memberships and we actually have a, our own dosing calculator on there for our newbies to medicating through medibles So we've got a lot of cool outlets on there. We have uh the capability for missouri patients to actually get their medical card virtually through our site so we've got some cool stuff on there
0: awesome well thanks for coming in today and joining us um and we are going to see you on 419. yes you will Uh, thank you thank you enjoy the rest of your night thank
2: you um do we want to do the same regina i know you have to run as well and uh you also want to thank you for your time and and the energy you've put into uh, education for cannabis and. Um, That's my
0: favorite part.
2: <laughs> Are you still with us, uh, Regina?
0: Oh, she's muted too. Yeah. Should I be frozen? Should mm-hmm. I be frozen? Okay, we're gonna move forward. Thank you for joining us, uh, Regina, Regina. and for all your information. And we're going to get, oh, wait, she might be coming back. We're going to get all of her information. Oh, there we go. Nope. All right.
4: So
2: you may have had to have uh, checked out. Um, Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Regina, thank you again so much. We'll get your um, website and information up as well um, for your Canation um, courses. And again, thank you um, for joining us. Um, so yeah, let's move on. Um, you know, we do have a few guests waiting in the waiting room. Um, we definitely have some stories as well, um, that we can, uh, talk about, but let's, uh, let's see if, uh, you know, I know Stephanie has been on with us here for a minute waiting and, uh, you know, so yeah, why don't you. Bring do...
0: and, you want to bring Stephanie and uh, Amy? in?
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Excuse sure. me.
0: Let's do that. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Amy is muted. There? there
2: we go. Yeah, great. I not mute quick enough to cover those sneezes. Sorry, guys. Um, hey, Amy. Hey, Stephanie. Hi.
0: How are you, ladies, doing today? Doing good. Doing good. How's your Happy day? Happy 420. Happy 420. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, it's it, we're still within time frame. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
6: <laughs>
0: uh, do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I guess Amy can go first, and then uh, Stephanie.
6: Sure. Um, basically, um, I have been bud tending for two and a half years. I have been, I feel like, in weed my whole life. Though my mom grew weed my whole life, so I love weed, been around it. Um, and then I have been a, an assistant manager at Golden Leaf in Steamboat Springs for a while now. I absolutely love doing that. And then um, when I was getting my bachelor's degree at the college here in town, I was getting it in sustainability studies. I had a professor approach me and she was like, hey, would you like to start a cannabis topical company on the side if you have any free time outside of Golden Leaf?" And I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. it sounds super fun. Um, it's been a long process. We started with hemp. Um, CBD based stuff, everything is like six ingredients or less, really clean stuff, woman owned. Um, and then we switched over to cannabis just a few weeks ago. We just got our license about like three weeks ago for our myth to be live and real. So I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, I'm working as the sustainability director with them and yeah, basically bath bombs, topicals, it's called Under the Rose. It's been really, really fun. Um, basically I just focus mainly on sustainability and cannabis is really my passion and like what I do. And I try to expose those issues all the time. I really mainly focus on packaging and home grow laws and our energy consumption really kind of eat me alive. That's for sure. So I definitely can go on for days about that stuff. Um, I in college had to write like a 30 page paper on those things and came to the conclusion, basically just heartbroken with our, energy consumption and our plastic. As you guys know, we watch canvas, like walk out the door wrapped in three layers of plastic. And it is just heartbreaking. It is not what we should be. I Stop have to it. throw a paper bag at me one time before we had all these really
0: strict regulations where we just had to have an opaque bag. And he mm-hmm. was so mad that I had to put it into another bag that on his way out, he pulled everything out and crumpled it up and threw it on the ground at me, and I was like,
6: "Have a nice day, sir." <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, and those things happen all the time. You saw someone weed, and they walk out, and then outside the dispenser, all of their packaging is just all out in the parking lot. It's everywhere. It's a mess. And then I feel bad too because the people that are just, of course, taking it home, they have a stack of, just like I do by their front door of thirty exit bags and drams and especially if you are a concentrate consumer, you are going through tons of containers that are so small and like, it's just, it's just, it gets really extensive. And then the state of Colorado specifically, my home state that I love, it is a cannabis state for sure. However, we have home grow laws here, which you can't grow. Your, your cannabis can't be seen basically is what those laws transition. So um, You have to grow everything in yours and it just doesn't really make any sense. It puts a lot of pressure on light systems Ugh, like heating HVAC systems, it's just a mess. So I think that we could do a lot better, and I think we have a lot of room to improve for sure. And I love this industry. And it scares me to see a drift away because I think it should be natural. It should be in the ground. But but I think we're working on it. That's for sure. And trying to start this company up to be a sustainable. I think replicas. What we're trying to do, anyways. So.
2: Nice. Yeah, I think that that's a lot of our hopes for sustainability, and that it's a you know conversation that we do need to continue to have as more regulations get put into play. Of you have to have it in this, it has to, and the, and then the commerce that has um, developed out of that, and um, of just having uh, packaging, uh, your new packaging facilities just making that stuff for new products. So um, again, new episode, another episode that we would definitely be talking about. Um, let's hear from you yeah, and us. then uh, we'll we'll start talking about some stories too um, of just uh, oh. the good and bad. Hey
7: everyone, I'm Stephanie Jenkins. I'm the SVP of sales and marketing at Flow Hub. So we are a cannabis tech company. We're in the tech We're space,
1: tech like, hey. side of things.
7: Uh, we help our cannabis retailers thrive by helping them create efficient operations and, and do business properly. So that's us. In a nutshell, I'm pretty new to the cannabis industry too. So I just came here into this whole industry about six months ago. I was previously in the B2B tech space for for many years. Um, so this is still a brand new industry to me. And I love, I just love seeing everyone's passion around the products, um, passion around what they're creating. Um, and, you know, Amy, so cool to see all of the, the topicals and the bath bombs and you creating that on the side. Like this is one of the highlights of me coming into this industry. and One of my favorite things is that everyone is so passionate about it and not just about the products, but about helping other people. And that's the heart of the industry, in my opinion.
0: Isn't it beautiful?
7: It really is.
0: You can really tell when people are of the plants so Somebody somebody, um, one of our previous guests had said, you know, there there's a whole group of people that are just here for the money. They don't yeah. care about the patient. They don't care about the plant. They don't care about anything, but how much money they can bring in. And um, it's just nice to be able to recognize when you see somebody who's of the plant and somebody yeah. who's like really here for the right reasons. So, yes. Um, and a lot of women I meet fall into that category, honestly, just the passion drew us
7: into the industry. Yeah. This whole industry. I mean, it, um R- Regina said it earlier. She it, like, it's, we, we care so much about people and we care about the people around us. We care about the people in our lives. And it's such a natural right. because, it's, you know, it's it's a substance to help everyone, too.
6: Right. Right. Um, I feel like cannabis has such a platform to be such a like developmental and sustainable like medicine and it, we avoid it so well with regulations and mm-hmm. making it more difficult all the time and it has the ability to just be so pure too and it does but I, they
0: don't let us make the regulations. That's the problem.
6: The right. And I
2: think us they're listening to cautious. others that are depicting what they want to see, uh, which is how we ended up with so many drams in our bio you know, um <laughs> in our recycling bins. And um yeah so um you know Stephanie, thank you for joining us on the tech side um you know, my sister works with you all and and she has was so diligent in getting um a lot of uh, stories from you guys and it just seems like flow has provided a great working space and growth uh you know at least talking about it and uh, acknowledging some of the uh you know challenges we're coming up against and you know yeah. even- or, you know they are not, uh, and I think that's a one thing that we're talking about here too. Is that um, it's important for us to talk about these things when the women in your companies are feeling like they're not being heard, when they are seeing uh, you know situations where uh, it's not the same for uh, a male uh, counterpart uh, versus a female and. Um, you know, so uh, I, I think that just being again, we are an industry, and so we are not uh, just saved by this plant um, because we're because it's an awesome plant that it, it still has its uh, its pitfalls of uh, you know, people not listening to us because uh, you know, having being a woman or you know, um, but also I know that there are plenty uh, there are good good uh, measures and good people out there really trying to. Um, make a difference. I I think that that's what's important. So let's keep talking about it.
7: Yeah, you know, what's interesting is kind of being relatively new to this industry, but um, coming from tech before, is that we've had the same problem in tech for a while, you know, is that the whole industry is full of men. Men. Um, You know, a lot of men in leadership, a lot of men on the board, um, a lot of men in the C-suite. And you kind of become used to being like, this only female voice in the room. And you have to really stand up so I remember one of the first you know the the first day with flow hub um, and being in front of our my c-suite team and saying look we have a diversity problem here we need to correct it and every single person nodding and being like yes we want to let's do it how can we help that was like this welcome welcoming feeling that I, I feel like I really needed um, because sometimes it's not it's not always seen that in so many Sometimes you're that only Oh, you might be that only voice for a while. Um, but I think one of the cool things about cannabis is that it being a new industry, you kind of get to set it right from the beginning. You get to try to break that glass ceiling from the beginning, but you still have to break that glass ceiling from the beginning. right. We're trying, we're trying
0: We're trying to get in on that ground. Like, Hey, we can do this better than any other industry. Um, so I have, I'm, yeah. You know, of course we, we want to hear all of the positive things that happen as a woman in the industry. We have lots, but also we want to always pull out some of the dirty laundry out of the closet. That's kind of why we're here. And, uh, so, so have there been times where you've been hindered or felt frustrated, um, because of the way you were treated or, um, or dismissed maybe? I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to do that. Um, but as a woman in the industry, um, have you? What kind of challenges have you faced? Um, just that have maybe made it a little bit
6: more difficult for you to
0: get in, get into where you needed to be.
6: I feel like in my in my experience and working as a bartender and then being a manager, it's as a dispensary, a fast paced dispensary. It's um, being taken seriously. People definitely. For some reason, there are I would say like a lot of female bud tenders at the location that I am at. However, there's also a lot of male bud tenders, and when someone comes in to buy concentrates, and I've had this happen on numerous occasions, a guy will come in and they will be like, "Hey, can I get that kid behind you? Like I'm coming here to buy some grams. Like they don't want my help. Like they don't think I." Maybe I don't and dab don't, enough, don't, or maybe I don't. They just, know we have
0: more lung capacity than they do.
6: Really, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you have no idea how much weed I can smoke. All right, <laughs> like, but I think that I get these little things that just like people just really question like how serious you are, um or just I mean I guess this is um and not even just you know to women, but just like I feel like. It, professionalism and like talking about cannabis, people are really like, is that, is that serious? Are you sure? Like, is that real? And you're like, yes, yeah, so of course, all of these things are real. Cannabis is taken pretty seriously these days. Um, so I say like the lack of professionalism is where I notice. Did you have a hard
0: time um, getting your license in the state of Colorado? Did you have to jump through any extra hoops or did you feel like you were hindered in any way?
6: we definitely definitely did um eh, they're hard to get in general i would say just because on the colorado level for sure you you need to get local local approval of these licenses um and in the northwest part of the state where we're really close to the wyoming border here there is a lot of conservative um of people, and I feel like that definitely sometimes. I mean, we can only have three dispensaries in Steamboat for a reason because you know they don't want it to explode with dispensaries, and there are different viewpoints. And you know, I I get it. It's a it's an interesting place, and I love it up here. But it, we definitely it took a while for us to get it, and we are trying to be on board with everyone. Everyone, we're having a, really a into our security, and that way we're just, just in with them, and you know, we've definitely had to jump through some hoops, but. Um, really, I think, I think in general too, like COVID is just slowing down the Department yeah, of Revenue I would um, that. in the city of Colorado pretty heavily. So I think that that was also a factor.
0: Well, Stephanie, we have, we have some stories, um, from women in tech yeah. about their experiences with, uh, you know, as being a woman in a, in a hot, you know, uh, but mostly male dominated uh, industry, both in cannabis and in tech. And like this is a double whammy for anybody (laughs) in tech. Women are smart enough to be in work with computers and be engineers Mm -hmm. and be scientists. Ladies and gentlemen, I I hope you know that. I mean, I I feel like the people joining us do know that. Right. So so. (laughs) there have been some unfortunate comments along the lines of there
2: are not uh, you know, spaces are placed for female uh, engineers uh, in tech. And it's like, yeah, uh, you know, and uh, and so to I, I think that it is a slap in the face to the women that have worked so hard to get where they're at. Um, and uh, I think that even just um, reading some of the stories of, uh, you know, Love their job, love what they're doing. Um, can't stand being mansplained to. I think that that's mm-hmm. the of, um, a, a, you know uh, thought of like just making sure that like okay, I'm just bouncing off my ideas to you. Like I, I just want to you know make sure that yeah. we're all on the right track, and then being told like, oh well, and and their job. <laughs> you know, where it's like,
1: <laughs> I wasn't
2: asking for you to tell me how to do my job. I just wanted yeah. to that we're we're on the same page here of uh you know that i am on the right track and you know this is what i have done uh and and being recognized for yes the work that they've already put into it and then being told like oh uh you know and definitely even uh, from the customer service aspect from the dispensary you know yeah, yeah. The dispensary employees speaking to uh your quality assurance uh techs and saying um i know more than you i've been doing this longer and it's like uh, yeah, but you're calling me for, um, assistance. For so you're assistance. Me. Yeah. Uh, let's back that up here. And I think that that's, uh, you know, again, just some of the, uh, you know, initial comments and, uh, and, and that going. A lot of that
0: actually, um, a lot yeah. of the women said, I love my job. I love what I do. I love the space that I get to work in. Also Talks men the- condescendingly talk down to me. <laughs> like It. Yeah. And and I mean honestly,
1: everyone's
2: responses were very uh, you know very right you know spot on and they were, ours, yeah
1: we
6: are we and are every-
2: of how we interpreted uh, exactly. some of their stories but um, yeah I think again in in any industry this is what women are running into and again uh-huh. we can better um, as uh, yeah. and, and I think that. Uh, and also the echoing comment was standing together, um, having those mentors, and uh, you know, holding each other accountable, um, and and being more than just one woman in the room, uh, you know, yes. and knowing that there are more uh, of you that are banding together and 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 here and here to say something, and that you uh, you know do have other um, you know capabilities than just being the woman in the room, the woman in the room. right? Yeah.
7: Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, because I think mansplaining probably happens in most industries. Yeah, (laughs) I think particularly, I had a man explain to me that I
0: was allowed to not wear a bra the other day. I was like, well, thank you for your permission.
7: Great. I'm so glad you got the permission granted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that uh, it, like as
1: women, support it. one another.
7: Um, to your point, MJ, of having a mentor or having um, you know a friend or a, a buddy at work, really, um,
1: mm-hmm. and
7: making sure that you guys have each other's back. Having networking outside of your particular you know your your company or your office or your location that's really important too. And Amy, you know, you've mentioned you've gotten to where you are because of your network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge Excellent. thing it's knowing that other women we've we've got each other's backs in this industry um and we're you know not not willing to back down i think um you know the man's playing aside i would say the other the other thing that bothers me a little bit about this industry and women in general is um is that oftentimes we still get customers who are amy you probably experienced that, flirting right and you're like can we all be professional here and leave flirting at the door um oh, you know, gosh. The, <laughs> and the fact that a lot of this is still, um, you know, like I've been in dispensaries and it see, it seems like the uniform is a tank top, right? Like mm-hmm. that needs to stop stuff like that needs to stop. Um, I agree with that. Actually.
0: I'm about yeah. professionalism in the workplace um, that if we want to be taken seriously as a professional industry that we need to present ourselves. And I also get that, like, I know, we know who set the standards for professionalism, right? We talked about this. I keep bringing it back to our last episode, but we talked about this in our last episode, how we can't have real conversations even in the workplace. OK, well, that's something we should be able to do. But and also let's dress like professionals, in yeah. the workplace too, because that has a place. And people look at that a certain way and they're gonna speak to us um, differently. I think um, I started wearing suits to work in my last job. I didn't have to, I just started to and the entire um, the entire yeah. environment, changed, right? The way students would talk to me, male students especially would talk to me after the fact was different than they talked to me before I started wearing a suit every time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that has a place. And also side note, one of my favorite dispensaries in Las Vegas, they wear suit and tie behind the counter or like a dress or whatever, but everybody's very professionally dressed and they're super knowledgeable. So side note, also if you open your mouth and you are speaking knowledgeably about the products that we're purchasing, especially in a medicinal dispensary, which anybody who knows me knows that I think both are medicinal. I don't care what you want to call it on the outside, but Especially in that environment, then they're going to be also more people, more prone to listen to what you have to say because now you're using science and you're not using slang. And um, yeah, you slang with your friends. I, I love a good tank top. Look, I'm, I'm a crop top kind of girl. But me too.
7: But I, I, just don't like you know the owners requiring women to wear. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: that, Well, like like, that. Like, I actually.
8: I or. Yeah.
6: Or just wanting. I think a lot of dispensary owners w- would prefer, like, like, just a front of attractive female butt tenders. Yes. Yeah. Like, somebody like, they love that. Like yeah. They just love it. And I f- just like um, what Fair was saying, like, the comments and just like, and what Stephanie was mentioning too, just being hit on in the workplace and just like the things, that the pressures that we have to, like, um, face and it's almost like compromising because we're trying to be professionals and I have people come in and they're asking me very serious medical questions and they have very serious medical conditions and Mm -hmm. are asking me advice and want like recommendations and then two minutes later I'm all of a sudden a bartender and I'm being hit on and like literally some guy's saying his dream is to be have a girl like me sell him the weed like Okay. Gentlemen, don't hit on your bartenders either. Stop it. Right. Exactly. Don't hit on your bartender and don't hit on your bartender because they aren't selling you something. And like, we're trying to be professional in it and Mm -hmm. it's hard too because yeah, there's just this pressure to look attractive and Mm -hmm. be as technically we work in a fast paced environment.
1: um,
6: um, Tips are the name of the game these days. It's getting bigger and, tips are important. And I think that it adds more to the pressure, like, oh, we need to look good. And then also, so yeah. I'm taking seriously and it's just these these pressures it's, that we get are ongoing.
0: We can't be perfect everybody, but we are. So that's, that's that. We actually, um, <clears throat> we had an anonymous story come in about something like that um, where uh, the young woman was working on a legal um, farm And was told that if she worked past 9 p.m. that she had to work topless. And like she hightailed it out of there. But women are definitely exploited in that way. Women who don't have any other options are exploited in that way.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not okay.
0: And we really need to recognize that it's happening. Um, and so so, ladies, the real, I mean, aside from it being international women's day and there being a lot of us in cannabis who are working really hard to, um, have a place, um, you are not alone in, in this, in this cannabis industry. We know that those things have happened to you. They've happened to your friends Um, People get sexually harassed at work. This is not just in the cannabis industry, and we've said this several times. We can do better as an industry, Um, and and we should. And and part of what we, uh, you know, and I feel like it all ties together, right? Part of what we talked about last episode was accountability and holding um, ourselves accountable, holding our counter, our, our friends and our counterparts, our professional colleagues uh, accountable to their words and their actions. And if we see a male uh, colleague allowing this to slide even, that's not okay. We don't need um, the knight in shining armor, but also we know that men listen to men and they don't listen to us when we even say no, no thank you. I had a man leave leave my store that I was managing And broke my door on the way out because he had told one of uh, my employees that she had nice legs. And I said that was inappropriate. And he was not happy with me. And uh, he was banned from the store. But this is how men behave when women assert themselves. And Mm -hmm. um, you're not aggressive. And you're not a bitch. You are an assertive woman who has a place in this world. And you deserve autonomy over your own body and you deserve to have boundaries and to set boundaries and to stand by those boundaries. So um with that uh ladies thank you both for joining us to tell some of your stories and share your experiences. I want to give you each an opportunity before we let you go to um tell us one more time about yourselves and um any events you have coming up or any products or any websites etc.
6: uh Amy Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much. It's been awesome to chat with you, Stephanie. So nice to virtually meet you. Um, I love talking cannabis and I love talking about the things that we face in this industry. I could go on and on about these things. Um, but uh, if you guys are ever interested, definitely check out our new topical line. Instagram is the best way to contact us. We are super small. Our website is growing and that license is just fresh as heck. But um, contact us at Worth The Whispers. It's our Instagram tag. Um, it's called Under the Rose. Please check us out. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been awesome. I appreciate the heck out of you. you. And, yeah, yep. it's been awesome. awesome.
7: Thank you so much, Amy. So, I'll see you soon. Thank you, Amy. This is just great networking. I'm get, I am going to check out that Instagram and 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 check it out.
6: So thank you for the connection here. This is awesome.
1: We'll get your, yeah, no,
6: your comments. You. Cool. It's so cool to see Stephanie on the tech side too. I've never really met too many people on the tech side. So thank you ladies for making this connection happen. I agree connections are everything. <laughs> so good.
7: Um, and uh, before I part, Stephanie again from Flow Hub. We are in the cannabis tech world. We specialize in point of sale um, and really hone in for cannabis retailers. So dispensaries um, across the U.S. Check us out at flowhub.com. F-L-O-W-H-U-B.com. Um if you want to help grow your dispensary. Thank you
2: so much for being with us, Stephanie. We're gonna um continue to pull some of the comments from uh the other ladies that uh wrote in and um uh I just uh, appreciate the time that you've given us and uh thank you. Nice to meet you and um
0: yeah, I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Bye, Bye ladies. Before we bring our next guest in, I just want to stop for a little commercial break. We just take a little commercial break. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we are having um, a raffle. So you can buy your raffle tickets at uh, the Cannabis Closet cash app, which is dollar sign uh, Cannabis Closet 420 and our PayPal is cannabiscloset420 at gmail.com. The tickets are $25 a piece. Uh, you, you are in the running to win a Focus V Carta, which retail values at $250. Uh, we have a resin art bundle valued at $150 made by yours truly, thank you very much. Um, cannabis apparel and accessories valued at $50 can queen and cannabis closet apparel valued at $50 as well. The ticket sales end on four 19 at 4 PM mountain standard time. So you have up until the day of the raffle to uh, get your, uh, to get your raffle tickets. They're $25 a piece. You can order as many as you want and all of the money, not just the proceeds, all of the money is going towards the cannabis closet to um, fund our, project, our, our podcast. Um, and we are having a art contest. Megan, you want to talk about that?
2: Uh, yeah, calling all artists. We're just looking for assistance trying to um, build our brand. We're uh, kind of on our own doing our logos and uh, um, have a couple of ideas that we aren't able to put onto paper ourselves. So we're just looking for some artists to collaborate with. We're doing it as a little contest. So um, if we use your artwork, we'll send you a little uh, care package. Thank you for uh, working with us and uh, start building those relationships for as we grow our brand to continue to uh, be able to actually Hey you so uh, art contest first connections and then uh you know future endeavors where uh you know art collaborations and um but always uh promotion and love and thanks for any anything that is uh, submitted so if you want to uh submit your information or uh, ideas to us or help us out at all contact us at canna or no. ah, i always want to give your email for some reason uh <laughs> Closet 420 at gmail.com um or you can also hit up the of queen um through her
1: links
0: me up. <laughs> it's okay uh today uh the the show is brought to you by my smoke gear you can check out my link uh, my smoke gear slash ref slash uh queen dgo uh cannabis Closet is going to have its own link very very soon Uh, This is the link you can use right now. You can order your happy box bundle. You need spoons. I got spoons. We got glass spoons and we got um, silicone spoons as well. Um, This one's pretty durable. Actually, I've seen it drop from a pretty large height and survive and it smokes really well. And the happy box bundle also comes with a nice grinder. And I got quite the sandbox in here waiting for 420 that um, we're going to have to get down on. Uh, recently got MJ, a happy box bundle as well. So she'll be getting that in the mail soon. Um, it's an amazing little package. You can order the pipe separately, the grinder separately as well, or you can order them as a package. Check out my link and, um, order away. If you need spoons, we got spoons. Um, we're also brought to you today by Fleurvert Academy and virtual clinic. Their office hours are 9 to 5 PM. They're in Missouri. Um, You can email them at FleurVertAcademy at gmail.com. They are currently looking for interested recommending physicians to host minority patient drive this spring in St. Louis. The goal is to provide resources and education to the underserved and underrepresented. If you're interested or know somebody that might be interested, you can email them at FleurVertAcademy at gmail.com. Your contact for the Academy would be Marnay Madison and your contact for the clinic would be Dawn Abernathy. She's actually a guest on our show today. We're excited to talk to her. Uh, They have certifications on uh, the weekends. They're virtual certifications. So if you're in the Missouri area, definitely check them out. Um, Black woman owned business. So definitely go spend your money there and um, check them out. I think they have an event, had an event just last weekend that was pretty popping actually. So and then also, obviously, LLC. we are a consulting company, hands-on and in-person. So if you need any consulting help within your dispensary or your grow, give us a call. Uh, we have over 20 years of experience between us, and we will show up or we will help you out virtually. Um, give us, uh, I'm sorry, shoot us an email at customer cqllc at gmail.com. We'll be happy to help you out. We do a free 15-minute uh, consultation in the beginning, find out what your needs are and see if we can, uh, serve those needs appropriately and help you out. And with that, let's bring in our next set of guests. Who are we bringing in next? Do you know? Oh, Do you know?
2: I don't know. I don't think, uh, we had a really, a, a lineup. And uh, we'll definitely, um, we'll bring on a Brahma, um, is Dawn. And Miss Dawn.
8: Yeah, we have
2: the Flervert Academy yeah. information up there, and we'll have a uh, Brahma introduce herself as well.
5: A
9: Brahma, we'll go alphabetical.
5: <laughs> okay, um, so I am a Brahma Keys. I am the executive director of Greater St. Louis Normal. Um, I also have a business that I run called we-, we Can. And it's an organization that's really aimed at like networking and community building um, and education for the community. So I work on patient drives, on um, networking events, on like vendor events, and educational events for the community. Um, so, what'd you say, Don? Okay, I'm getting feedback. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's what I do in Missouri. In
0: Don, you want to introduce
5: yourself?
9: Yes. I'm sad I I got in late, but I did see our, our awesome Dr. Regina, so I wanted to say hi to her. <laughs> She's but amazing. I am Dawn. Yes, Dawn, a Cannabis Advocate with Flavert Academy. Um, we do so much at Flavert Academy. So to just kind of give you an idea um, with the telehealth clinic, yes, I take care of all of your needs when it comes to getting certified in Missouri and Illinois. So I came into the cannabis industry two years ago when it was voted legal, well, over two years ago now, when it was voted in November of uh, 2018 with an Illinois company that was needing a Missouri girl. So I came in and I tried to get that practice going, but I just wasn't comfortable. So I found a different clinic to kind of build on and learn this industry that we have here in Missouri. So I I say that to Abrama because those that don't know, this is my candidacy. So we have actually, you know, between her, I, and four other women created a social, you know, media group of women um, that are in the cannabis industry or ancillary. So that's kind of where Florent Academy sprung from, because our awesome, uh, Marnay Madison, my business partner created Florent Academy to put growth classes in the city. Um, there's an awesome black owned, uh, growth clinic. Basically he teaches everything about growing your medicine stocks, uh, learning how to create your resume for the cannabis industry. Um, and she wanted to bring that opportunity into city limits at a better cost and a group break for folks. So that's kind of where it started from. She does business consultations as well. So that came from that. And as I was learning, I needed to be independent and I needed to work maybe for myself and with other women. She said, no, let's do this together. So that's kind of where Florida Academy is going up on our one year anniversary in April. So we are definitely excited. Um, yes, that patient drive was this past Saturday. It was an awesome turnout. It was in Wellston, Missouri, which if anyone could ever you know Google it, Wellston is a disenfranchised neighborhood. It's right outside city limits. And we specifically went to that area because area it's because the, one the one that you did the most. Um, so people came and got, you know, uh, less than usual expensive, uh, less than expensive certifications um, with help and all of that. Um, what we have coming up, Marnay has a growth class that we'll be hosting at our uh, office this you sun, no, Sunday the 21st. Um, we do some everything. And then I, as a patient advocate, help patients with doing their application, but I help them in just navigating their health care. I also help people more intimately in the sense of I'm a caregiver for a few people, which is why I was running late, um, because I take care of patients that are dealing with cancer. Um, she's a single mom of a young baby. So we're a family as a team to take care of her. So this has been a very specific International Women's Day for me.
0: That's beautiful. Um, So, of course, you guys already know because you've been here before. We want to talk about the hard stuff first. What have been the barriers, ladies, for getting into the cannabis industry in Missouri? We're not beating up on you, Missouri. We just have guests from Missouri. We love you, Missouri. We know you can do better. We're going to see you soon, Missouri. We're going to see you soon, Missouri. We're trying to get out out there.
5: Um, I think a barrier has really just been kind of breaking into a lot of the clicks and bonds that were formed in the industry beforehand um I think especially seeing it grow organically from an organic space kind of within the industry um you see that there are a lot of clicks of people who are like each other in a lot of ways, whether it be like, you know, their race, their gender, um, their financial status, you see a lot of people who really clicked up. So to be like a woman, to be a Black woman, it's hard sometimes to find a way to relate to people when people are really used to being able to, and being comfortable talking to people who look like them or who are their friends or who are kind of, you know, part of that old boys crew. Cause I know them from here or there and my brother's married to his sister or something like that. Um, it's a lot of that. So especially with doing things like, um, events and really getting kind of, um, even being like a normal president of a normal chapter, St. Louis is the biggest chapter. Um, So really having people kind of look to you when they're thinking of those higher level decisions or really making those industry moves that women need to be a part of that black women need to be a part of that, you know, need to be more diverse. I think it's just such a comfortableness of people with like, again, talking to people who they relate to or, who they're comfortable talking to, and will laugh at their jokes, you know things like that so
0: right and and um a lot of women uh in Missouri specifically um and not not only in Missouri but nationwide, but since we're talking about where where you live, um a lot of women that I know in Missouri do have ancillary businesses outside of the legal cannabis space. Um, Because of the barriers of entry that
5: that you face. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also, again, it also goes to people not even making those people a face either. When you see women in the cannabis industry and a lot of those more direct business roles like dispensaries and things like that. You see them, like I said, in bud tender roles, or you see them in, oh, that's the nurse who comes in and talks to people about something, but you don't see them as like owners or dispensary managers or even inventory managers, things like that, that are a little bit more higher level that there are plenty of qualified women to do. so.
0: Exactly. Um, a lot of women that I've spoken to in the past, and I've seen interviews like this, too, who own their business and are out in a public space with their uh, significant other who happens to be a man. People will talk to him about the business and he doesn't know what they're talking about because he's not in the cannabis space. Why the business. Right. Um, so, um, do you, do you feel, um, Don, do you feel that, that you've encountered those situations, similar situations to that where you were the one that was kind of like in charge or, the one that had the the experience and the knowledge, but they went to the man that doesn't have the experience. Maybe not a significant other, even maybe somebody who's like the new guy on the staff. They want to talk to the new guy, right? But he just got here. He doesn't even know how the system works. He doesn't know anything. What's your experience? With, Do you have
9: any experience with that? With the significant other, you i have had people want to try to gravitate to him and he's going to push it back because he's not that kind of guy.
5: Mm-hmm.
9: So he knows that I'll just kind of, Oh, no. He doesn't do that. Um, I think more interactions that I have that I notice for that that apply to me is just me and thinking I know nothing. I literally just had this experience on the way here, um, dropping my nephew off. And there was a family friend, a male helping the godmother with repairs. And we're talking about, you know, uh, the local dispensary had opened. You know, she's catching up with me. And He walked up and was like, you know, if it, you know you can't get your guns if you do. I said, so you gonna tell me what I do for a living, or mm. are you gonna allow yes, me to speak? Girl. Like, <laughs> if you walk you. up and you ask me what do I do, then allow me to respond. Please don't tell me what I do for a living. Please don't tell me where I can tell you where to find the answer to that. This is what actually is the case. And then he stopped and was like, ah, oh, okay. Shh. <laughs> yeah. Be quiet. You don't know everything. And even if you thought you knew, you may not have understood that you still keep your rights here in Missouri. No, you can't go to Dixon Cabela's to buy your weapons because you're perjuring yourself. But you were perjuring yourself when you were still smoking weed, getting the guns, anyways. It's mm-hmm. your decision. Now, you can't still gift, well, receive it as a gift, inherit, or, uh, you know, still own the ones you already have. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that I can tell you where it is though And it was quiet after that That's usually the encounters I get Is men trying to tell me Oh, you, you don't know <laughs> You don't know Google me
0: <laughs> Google me I know I know everything
9: Smoke break I don't know everything <laughs> But I try to at least be able to find you The direction to find it I'm very detailed Like I don't think I mansplain But I make Dawn explain Because I come from a, a great speaker Of my dad Mm. So my emails to patients, even my text messages to patients is very detailed. Like, I want you to not have these questions. Just read it out loud to yourself. I promise it's going to make all the sense. I try my (laughs) best. No,
0: Megan, look, look, MJ, look at her. Mm -hmm. She knows. Yes, yeah. I' very
2: detailed <laughs> and very yes it is a it's always a I have to remember too that I'm a patient and I do need to be patient with my patients <laughs> sometimes um I you know get just frust- just as frustrated but that that is my job and so I do but I, I will yes I will may explain it same <laughs> um, i'll ask them the question like did, did you read what i sent you and um and then i give them the rundown of what their next step should be you know so that there's not a question and i'm you know just you know making sure because i do provide i know you provide all the instructions step by step and so i tell people too i'm like there's a lot to absorb but if, there, if you have a question it's usually within that somewhere and um and so I've definitely like even had some gentleman patients call and be like, this isn't happening. I'm like, did you do this? And well, maybe I did it. Okay. Well, did you do this? And did you start here? And yeah, and it's so fun. It's, it's interesting to uh, have them then, you know get humble and say, okay, Mm -hmm. I I am asking you for help and thank you for it. And um, so it's, uh, I don't know. I appreciate what we do. So I think that they also uh, take a step back and say, ooh, I shouldn't treat them like that uh, after they have, uh, in fact, been rude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, just getting my questions together.
9: All right. There is an art to like redirecting a patient though. Yes, And that's where being a patient, it is a lot of self-evaluation sitting in the seat of patient contact. Like it was great to hear from the tech folks and you know, the blood tenders like, I want to figure out what that's like in that position, but to sit in this seat of direct patient care, you have to have a passion for it. And it is a, a very deep seated patient.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. You and MJ are both probably um, I love I love when you're not being, when you're not being um, the in front of your patients. I love to get that part of both of you. But I see like your professionalism is beyond reproach. I, I just can't I couldn't imagine. I mean, I could because I have. But, you know, working in a dispensary, we get those two. But it's just so difficult to not just want to reach out and just knock them right in the face. I've just lost real- my cool. I
2: won't lie. I, I have lost my cool on some patients um, and had to, you know, I had to do make some apologies. I had to send out some uh, warning emails that I. Uh, oh, Certainly offended the heck out of somebody and they may be hearing from that patient as they walk in their door. So
0: I apologize for any wrath that is incurred because I, (laughs) But, but, and also did they deserve that wrath because you can only be expected to, you know, accept so much from, from an individual, you know, you can only be, you can, you know, there's only so much disrespect that you're expected to take and still maintain this staunch professionalism, if you will.
2: Yes. Yes. And, you know, and we, we do get real with the patients, um, you know, when we talk about language and, and talking, whether we're talking uh, you know, scientifically or and medically or whether, you know, and sometimes our patients come straight at us, uh, you know, asking questions that um, aren't medical or or put us in a different and so we do have to um kind of toe that line of where it's uh what we're providing them informational and educational wise and um just knowing how it's consumed right used right. and um, how it's perceived so um that yeah, again working both sides of
0: etiquette so 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 um we know we face challenges as, a fe- as females in any industry. We know what those challenges are. They're very similar in all industries, but how can we um, move forward in our industry and, and to be better? We talked about accountability. I don't, I don't know if that's like the end all be all, you know, you can hold people accountable all day and they can ignore you and treat you like they treat you.
2: I think um, having the courage to just let someone know what your boundary is. Please don't talk to me this way. I can't help you if you talk to me this way. Mm-hmm. Um, at least coming from my point of view, and I know you know um, my wonderful friend who works, and she's uh, in the comments here, Kelly, um, that when people are rude to you, you know we have our own triggers, and 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 we shut down, and so it, it becomes a hard uh, do. How do we help you when you're coming at us in a way? that, uh, uh, makes us want to cry. Um, and all we're trying to do is our best job for you.
0: So then the minute we cry, right. We're emotional immediately. And it's not about the fact that they've been disrespecting us this whole time. I, I mean, I I've had to, you know, so I, I, we,
2: we do, I do take liberty and I, you know, give permission to our everyone in our organization to speak frankly with patients, um, you know, and be honest with um, where we're all at. And, uh, you know, and our patients really do respect uh, that. I think they uh, definitely, like I've said, I've had words with patients and then turned around and been like, we're cool this is okay. We're uh, allowed to express ourselves. And um, I'm sorry that I took the tone that I took with you. um, But I didn't feel like I was being heard at the moment uh, when I was actually being rational and and nice uh, that I had to pull out the, you know, the, I'm going to kick your ass voice if you continue to talk to me in this manner. Um,
0: And so I think that,
1: uh, I
0: don't know. I don't so, know. so, But does that work? I mean, I'm, first of all, if I come out in a professional space with a tone, there's probably a reason for it. There's a high likelihood that I'm not apologizing everybody. I'm not going to do it. I just can't do it. If I am um, articulate and I've chosen my words and I've just come out and said to a professional colleague, uh, patience aside, you know, like in a, in my professional space, if if I have to assert myself in a certain way, you know, we immediately get called emotional or we get pushed out of the space. And I just, you know, I just want to know a solution to make the people following in our footsteps that are coming up behind us, make it easier for them to get into this space to, to have ownership, to, to not, not just in ancillary businesses, which there's space for that and a necessity for that. But I also want to see more women owning um, growth spaces and, um, not just kitchens, but, um, but, uh, 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 sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Extraction, of extraction facilities.
1: Facilities. Yeah.
0: Extraction facilities. Thank you. And, and, uh, and, and also dispensaries, to, you know, to own it from the top down. And, um, I'd like to see more of that, but I also know that we have to, I mean, I did, I've, I've been I, used for, uh, Jason Mitchell, uh, and I think Brennan, uh, England brought this up um, that we're often used for our resources and not valued as assets, and I think women feel that a lot in this space. What, what do you What do you ladies think?
5: Uh, definitely, and I think it's about um, really not even sometimes um, accountability for others, but just being purposeful in your own movement. You know, um, and for everything from using your voice on multiple levels, not even about what you're saying or what you're doing, but who you're associating yourself with um, as women in the community. If you know, hey, this place is not really friendly towards women, I don't you know, think that there are a lot of women who are working in this space, then making a conscious decision to maybe make a connection with somewhere where you know is employing women. And um, You know, and really making that kind of ladder for other women. Um, either on either side of us, and who are coming there after us too, and um about doing that you know in every way that you really can, when you have podcasts having conversations like these um and I'm like having events, I'd like to have women own businesses who are a part and who are featured and who are you know given a real platform to um showcase what they are able to do. So I definitely think it's about just really being purposeful too in our movements and having more purposeful women in positions to kind of make it easier as you go. And then sometimes a flat out call out, you know, like Megan was saying, a lot of times people do know that what they're doing is inappropriate kind of and they continue to do it. So sometimes just having that moment where you're like, okay. And, sometimes your apology isn't even necessary because people know, you know, when you, when you come back that way, then they're like, okay. yeah. So She doesn't like my rude comments, you know? So I think that it is about just like a balance of the two and just, you know, that old saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat to really just be thinking about how we as women in general continue to, you know, take steps to make it better for other women. So, yeah. I agree with that. It looks like we lost Dawn, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right? I was just yelling for my kid, like when I switched it on and off to get my battery charger to my laptop. I'm like, I need a charger. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. She might have just popped back in. Let's look. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Let's pop her back in so we can do. A little bit of a wrap up with the two
1: of you. Um,
0: I want to let everybody know that we have a lot of stories too, but um, I feel Uh, like the episode is going to be those stories because the women on this panel are just so interesting, have so much to say and of course, like I don't know why we even expected to be able to do both, but but we do have these stories and we do want to share them. So don't worry. We have not forgotten about you. If you shared your story, we appreciate it. And it will, it was not an effort that will be wasted. I promise you that. Um, uh, with that, Meg, did you have anything else uh, that you wanted to ask Don or Abrama before we? No I, um, no, I just, again, always appreciate you
2: ladies um, for doing what you do and so much that uh i'm so excited to the future endeavors that we're working on uh together or just uh you know helping to you know promote each other as well so um thank you so much
0: yeah Um, ladies uh any final thoughts um
3: no well, no.
2: Your um your websites yeah. and Tell information where to find again, you, yeah, and, uh, where we can yeah. find you, and then oh, uh, we'll the the golf it tournament to with for people, yeah, uh, promote that golf tournament, and uh, we'll get it into yeah. the and our pages as well.
5: Yeah, I have a Facebook page, um, and I am also, uh, my organization, We Can, will be working with Florivert um, on the Midwest Canada Golf Tournament that we have coming up on the 17th. Yes. So it will be like a 420-friendly event. Um in addition to that, I also have a patient caregiver drive that I'm going to be doing, helping to link patients and caregivers statewide March 22nd. So, or May 22nd. So I'm super excited about that. Once the weather gets back together, I'm going to be working on really ways to connect patients and caregivers throughout the state because I think that's a really big deal. Um, focusing on like women and minorities for vert will be the sponsoring, um, physicians clinic. So that'll be awesome. Um, and so follow those pages. We can greater STL normal. Um, and thanks for having me again.
0: Thank you. We're, um, we love you. So we're going to find reasons to bring you back on every time that we can. Uh, that's, uh, we can is, uh, no. W E C A N N. So that's two ends, everybody check them out. Um, that's how I met a is through, uh, one of her events that she was having. It was an amazing event. I met a lot of awesome people that I still am in touch with today, a year later. Um, and I hope to maybe try to get back out there in May. We'll see what yeah.
9: happens. We'd love it.
0: We can't announce anything
9: like that yet. We don't know yet. <laughs> Don, <laughs> maybe go. <laughs> So um, um Fleurvert Academy, um, as you were saying, you have the teleclinic, uh, telehealth clinic portion, but you have the business consultations, you have canonistry courses, you have patient advocacy and consultations, all at our website to schedule. Fleurvert.setmore.com. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, both F-L-E-U-R-V-E-R-T-M-O. Uh, M-O on Instagram, uh, Academy on Facebook. Um, I'm Dawn a Cannabis Advocate. You can follow me, uh, the Queen of Terpenes, my business partner, name Madison, um, on Instagram, Marnie Madison on Facebook. Um, we are missouri's first and only black woman owned and operated clinic our awesome certified physician dr Janice stewart um awesome addition to this team once that came together we've been able to have a lot of fun bringing legalization to our little neck of the woods and across the state two states two states as a matter of fact
6: that's
9: right um you have our beginners grow class is going to be located at our office um in the central west end in st louis that's a $50 uh, four-hour class. Lunch is provided. What? You come and learn the basics of how to grow your own medicine for 50 bucks. That's... So you come. And y'all, you Missouri, Illinois, medicine. y'all
0: take advantage. That's amazing. Because Illinois can here. grow
9: five plants in their home. If they have a patient in the home, they can grow five plants. Like so you need to learn how to be self-sufficient off of that dispensary weed. But, but I digress. Um, we also, besides the growth class Sunday, um, our golf tournament on April 17th, yes, you're going to get it from every single one of us. Um, I'm going to also have a hall for doing a cannabis advocate. Um, I try to provide that one-to-one services um, to just kind of help people feel comfortable in their healthcare. I want them to be able to talk to their doctor like they feel comfortable and able to really advocate for themselves because if they don't, nobody else can. Um, you have to advocate for yourself in being a woman in this business, which is what I had to learn how to do to even get to the point of having this business with her. So mm-hmm. that's kind of all the things we got going on. And then May 22nd, right, Abrama? Yep, May 22nd. <laughs> for day. That. So that's all yeah. we got on the books right now. But, you know, follow our pages. We're going to make sure you know about them.
0: Absolutely. We're going to make sure you know about it too, Missouri. You, you need these ladies in your life. So definitely check them out. We can, that's W-E-C-A-N-N and Fleurvert Academy. Um, the website is scrolling across here. Uh, you can make an appointment, Con- contact Don the cannabis advocate or Marnay Madison uh, to get an appointment with them. You, get, you ladies are awesome. We are definitely going to find reasons to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Yeah. Um, and we will see you the next time Ho- hopefully you know, sh- don't tell nobody don't <laughs> tell nobody but we might try to get out there in May. <laughs> Thanks Third. guys. Thank you. Thank you. All,
2: All right. right and we have two more ladies that have been hanging so patiently in the oh, waiting room. Friend. And uh, we didn't get to get their stories beforehand, so we're gonna just jump right in with uh, Erica and Adela, and um,
1: yeah, who wants to go first? Welcome. Welcome. Oh my goodness,
0: who is that? Is that me? Okay,
1: <laughs> my mother.
0: My mother just called in the middle of this broadcast. Even though I don't do know you. how many times I have to say it, <laughs> Monday at four twenty p.m. This one was start. Um, Adela, tell us about yourself.
8: Um, So my name's Adela Wisdom. I'm formerly known as Adela Falk. So I've been a cannabis advocate for about a better part of 20 years. I emphasize on judicial reform. So um, I've been a compassionate use um, operator in San Diego back in 2008. I've worked at all sorts of, of Everything in the industry that you can think of. And what I've discovered throughout all of it is that everybody gets arrested for cannabis. It doesn't matter if you're a patient, you're a cultivator, you're complying with state law. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets arrested for cannabis. And so I started looking for people that were arrested and trying to share their story. And I found over 80 people serving life sentences for marijuana. You know, and you were talking about ladies really quick. Missouri is the number one incarcerated place in the in the world for women. So you're more likely to get arrested in Missouri than any place else in the world. That's you're crazy. more likely as a woman to get arrested in the United States of America than any other place in the world. So while we've been talking, every 36 seconds someone is arrested for cannabis, people are still losing their children to CPS. Um, so there's so many victims in cannabis prohibition and I've just spent a better part of my time just having that And I find myself in a conundrum and in a pickle because I was raided in 2019 after moving to Missouri and purchasing my grandfather's property. Like I said, I'm originally from California. And um, and then I was raided again in 2020. Um, And these are big raids. These are the National Guard, a federally funded dual uh, deputized task force of the Mustang drug task force, um, flying over like numerous times there was drones and you have to understand that they are saying allegedly, and there there was no warrants, there was no nothing. The first raid, there was no evidence seized. Uh, the second raid, they're alleging that there was 22 um, non-flowering cannabis plants. Um, so what this means in Missouri, which is really interesting, uh, as we were, I heard the ladies talking, marijuana is regulated in five different statutes in this state. So the plants were rate, we were raided in June, so they were outdoors and they were like two feet tall. 22 t- two feet tall plant. So we're facing 10 years each for it. There was no flower. There was no paraphernalia. There was no cash. Uh, I don't get, I can't get the test results because the state of Missouri has a wait list for public defenders because I was rated that they thought I was a big drug dealer and trafficker. And, and I'm so it, I'm so poor, I'm indigent that I'm able to qualify for a public defender. And we've been on a wait list for eight months but we still have no counsel and I'm trying my best to uh, fight it. But I wanted to go back to these five ways just really quick. The state of Missouri has it as a controlled substance schedule one with no medicinal value. When they passed the medical marijuana, um, article 14 or amendment two, it became article 14 in the Missouri constitution mm-hmm. stating that it has medicinal value. It's also regulated as a noxious weed and all cells of a noxious weed are prohibited. That's a Missouri statute 263250. It's also regulated as a uh, United States, USDA initialized hemp and also a CBD extraction. So when and where do I comply with the law? And is my crime that I didn't have a license? So I was too poor to comply. The country was in lockdown. Stay at home order was existing. And I want to say too, that a lot of the dispense or a lot of the places that you know, your licenses, or in like vape lounges and sex shops. And so, and I'm from California and I had a good friend, Dr. David Allen, who was raided by Kamala Harris um, because he was doing tele Skype interviews and he lost his license. He was a brain surgeon. So like, I've always been terrified of Zoom. So like now we're in this new realm and a new reality, but all the meantime, they're continuing to go after people for cannabis. They just opt. The DEA just launched Operation Engage, where they're going after the demand of the drugs that are in your town. So I'm just terrified that I see marijuana arrest and raids continuing to happen despite the fact that people are complying with the law. And I wanna correct everybody, marijuana is not legal. It's lawful, meaning you can still get raided and arrested for it. See, when you get raided and arrested for cannabis, it's an affirmative defense. That means you have to prove that you complied with the law in a jury. So your raid, your arrest, and your incarceration is totally lawful. So my name is Adela Wisdom, and I'm happy to be on your show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank
0: you. That was you. a beautiful intro. Um, and we, we definitely are, need to talk about that 1,000%. Um, Eri- Erica, you want to uh, introduce yourself? Tell us yes, about I'm,
1: I'm, My name is Erica. Um, I'm in Albuquerque, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, I'm glad that you brought that conversation up with because I hope you're not foreshadowing my future. Um, and I'm venturing into a, a definite gray area here in, in Albuquerque. I just bought five acres in the middle of town and I'm trying to begin a cannabis country club um, with a membership fee that gives you, you know, potentially cannabis per month. And because we are patients here and we have gifting, I can give cannabis away, um, you know, donations and patient grows. We have patient PPLs, patient producer licenses, production licenses. And um, you can have two per address. I have three addresses on the properties. I'm going to combine those and just start with a basis of um, 64 plants that I can grow. So... I'm I'm hoping that I'm i you know going about it right. I'm getting everything permitted. I'm filling their grow rooms. I'm you know I'm, I'm advertising word of mouth right now, and um, I'm venturing into the unknown a little bit. I'm, and i try to create a place of wellness and happiness, and cannabis consumption, and venues, and music, and art, and just just a location where you don't you don't have to feel the stigma that we've all experienced for so
8: long.
0: I feel like this has been in the works for a while. And also uh, just a side note, if you weren't venturing into the unknown, I don't know who you are because I feel like you're, you're always um, on, on adventure mode. This one, she's always on an adventure, um, trying something new. It's always very exciting. Um, So has, has, uh, you said it's in a gray area right now. Is that, are you just waiting for
1: that I'm following the rules that are printed and, and the way I um, what is it interpret them. You know, I mean, if anyone were to give me grief, it's like look, I I, I challenge you to challenge me because uh-huh. I'm registered with the state. My patient growers are registered. I'm gifting the cannabis and I'm receiving no money for it. I mean, right. they're here to use the property and and maybe the, the, the devices and. And picnic with their family and enjoy a concert. So are, you know, are you
8: register? Are you registered as a closed circuit membership? I don't. That's I do not because know. that's what you're operating as. So you could get your closed circuit membership, which would grant you the ability, like if they came to raid you, you could be like, "I'm sorry, you're going to have to come back at non-operating hours for the privacy of the members." Okay. Yeah,
1: we're having this conversation, right? It's like, so like, brought huh. you guys, I brought you together for a reason. <laughs> That's why we did
8: this. And call yourself a compassionate use center, okay? So that your your goal orientated is patients over profits. Mm-hmm. You know, you in some states you can get around zoning areas if you offer some sort of hospice care, where the members could also volunteer um, to give their services to the patients who are in dire need of it helps legitimize your entire um business
0: right it's good these are good ideas
8: yeah and i'm not for like i I could care less like i'm not in the industry i have no desire to be any part of it but i just want to you
0: sort of are you're on the outskirts of it and uh that's why we brought you on today is because you sort of are you're you're an advocate within the industry um specifically for those who are incarcerated um but, but I mean, I, w- I, would, I would call you a woman in cannabis 1000% um, um, in, in the industry, in the professional industry, because I mean, clearly, you know, these laws backwards and forwards, right? And you've made that your mission. Um, and it's important for us to have um, people like you in our industry to say you're not a part of the industry would be like to say that the cannabis attorney is not a part of this industry. You know, that's, it's just not true. Um, so yeah. I just wanna correct you on that. You are absolutely a part of this industry, whether you wanna be or not. Well, and I'm sorry team that team I brought right. you on to a Zoom call, sort of. <laughs> so I just wanna
8: say that. Well, it's grown, you know, the industry yeah. and the movement has definitely grown and now incorporated into the. And you know, I, I'm looking forward to the, we don't need to be advocating and, and, and we can finally end cannabis prohibition. Like one of your guests said earlier, everything else we're doing is a band-aid fix until we repeal and remove cannabis from the Controlled Substance Act, it, 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 we're, we're just spinning wheels. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons I really wanted to come on the show is to advocate action. Like a lot of people don't know who their state representative is. They don't know who their senators are. They've never even entertained the idea of running for op- for office and giving your constituents options to, to, to do it. It is scary. But it's amazing. It's educational, and it's necessary because I'm tired of the same people writing these rules. That you have my representatives have been in there since 1975. I was born in 1977. I'm 44 years old. These people have been in office longer than I've even existed. They 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 do not understand their constituency. They don't live in this community. They make 174 thousand dollars a year. They fly for free, they eat for free, they go to the gym for free. And so they're very disconnected. And it's really time that we we advocate. Like one of the things I would love to do is start a hemp party, right? Help in marijuana prohibition. We know that cannabis is a million-dollar crop, but industrialized hemp is a billion-dollar crop. And that's what's going to really innovate America, give us new jobs, put us at the top of the market again, be self-sufficient. Have you all ever heard of hemp graphene? right? We can make batteries out of hemp. And the reason, and it's better, it's a better conductor than anything that they're using. And the reason we can't do it right now is because of the regulation of plant. We keep advocating for regulations. It's not necessary. Let's just remove it and stop this madness. Regulate businesses and just leave people alone.
0: I do this often, but I think I just fell in love again. So (laughs) I just want to say that. For the record, I've been trying to say for a million years, this same message, not a million years, but I definitely agree with, with you on that. Um, Erica, I want to come back to you because you are trying to open this business or legitimize this business. And um, do you, so this is a woman's episode. We want to discuss women's issues. So I'm going to kind of bring it into that, but do you feel that you've been I mean, maybe you're one of the lucky ones and I'd love to hear that story too. Um, but do you feel like you've been hindered or, or pushed out or, or even, um, if you're talking to somebody that's, that you're trying to hire for growth? If they're, if they're, um, men, for example, do they condescend you as the owner of the business? What's, what's going on? What are you facing?
1: So that could be a, a conversation for hours, but um, wow, right here. about, about <laughs> seven years old, I had an opening for medical licenses here. I applied with two other business partners, both being men. Um, and I was the only one that brought agricultural experience, agricultural experience, experience, retail experience, and they brought business, money, and you know what else. Yeah. So, um, we can say that here if you want to, though. <laughs> we got our license. we were uh, There were 99 applicants, and we were one of 13 that got a license. And um, it was said, because a lot of people got kind of pissed, all the big ballers that didn't get licenses, they investigated why they didn't and all that stuff. They said it was because of people specifically with cultural experience. I was one of only two other females that were in those 13 approved. The rest were all men. Mm-hmm. Boards of men, men of men, men stacked up on top of men. Um, and long story short, I opened the dispensary, ran the dispensary, branded it. I mean, opened a beautiful location and really built that business. It's social media, it's it's outreach, it's female, it's vibe, it's, unique, it's you know all of the things. And they never paid. Me. I was working for free. I was doing oh. ten. <laughs> Ten months for like sixty to seventy to eighty hours a week, I was going and working, and I it was it was all on a dream, right? It was because yep. I made it. It was because I was there. It was because I finally was part of what I dreamed of being. All the while, they were underhandedly paying themselves through their their other business. Uh-huh. So when I constantly demanded, you know, my my, fam- my family fell apart. I got divorced. I, every all the stress, the, the industry, all of the you know, the meet and greets that were all dudes and all of that. It's like a bar scene. I mean yes. it was it was it was a bit wild. And um uh, I just eventually left that location to go get hired at another one that would pay me. Um and now that I can say this out loud, um, I'm still trying to move past this. But on that interview the guy told me he was gonna have a very hard time nasty. And I said the-
0: What I still- in the interview? Yeah, yeah. Of course, see- because we have we need to pay our fucking bills. How dare he? Right. How so dare
2: he?
1: GM of that indus- of that uh, um, company. They had six locations in a bakery, and I helped them open a store. And I brought them to the next level. I Increased their sales to two million dollars. And he fired me um, off of a two-year contract. He fired me eight months went in and said, people don't like working with you. And it was because I had filed a formal complaint about him hitting on all the girls at the bakery. Yeah. So he just removed me. So, so you know... When, so, so
0: here's the... Pro- so, so this is what we were talking about before, right? As women, we bring up this issue that's happening in, in our workspace. You can't sexually harass your employees. Stop it. And what happens... Oh, right. you're you're a problem. Goodbye. Yeah. 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 Can so I
8: elaborate on that? Yes, I know a please. lot of women that have not been paid in this industry and that's, on I'm television. one of them. You just met mm-hmm. another one. You quit after the first week because you would never tolerate that in any other career. Right. Yeah. Um, and please and listen secondly, to this smart
0: woman, please. Everybody secondly, listen.
8: Secondly, the problem is it's federally legal. So you no longer have any recourse to go to the courts. And do any sort of complaint because right. even though you were complying with the law you were still breaking the law right but so the, the courts aren't gonna rule on your side and that's the biggest problem is that it remains illegal on the federal level and, the it, and it breaks my heart because you should have all the protections under the court of law in any workplace and they tell you that you do, you do. Exactly. ladies
0: listen to what we're telling you because we all have experience like this i've also not been paid and had money taken from me um and it's all you know we're very passionate every woman you're looking at right now is very passionate about what we do is very passionate about this plant and people will take advantage of you for that and they will tell you you're not good enough to be in the industry they will undermine your experience and your knowledge but what they're doing is they're using up the resource so that they can kick you out you need to be treated like an asset make sure you're treated like an asset
1: get everything in writing and make sure it's signed not
0: and notarized if you can
8: so what you're telling me is the regulations are failing oh are they <laughs> <laughs> was, like, well
0: i'm glad i'm, I'm kind of glad they are we wouldn't even have a show if we didn't have failing regulations i don't think
1: true so there's okay. there's just so many ways for for the guys to conquer, and it's just you know, it's unfortunate because we are multitasking, we are compassionate, we are um, you know so multifaceted as females that we're we're naturally beautiful. I mean, we can do all of it: make the bath bomb, sell it, grow it, tend it, cure it. I mean, we're great at it. So the moment we
8: we really- can also
0: outsmoke you guys. So just <laughs> do, you don't even argue with me about it,
8: if, we and we take the fall. And we take the fall on the court of law. That's so true. Because we don't turn on our men, our women, our family, our children. We become a sacrificial lamb and we sacrifice ourselves for our family. So we get hit really hard. I shout out to Tamika Drummer. She's serving a life sentence for marijuana. Sandra Bowen, she's serving 18 years for marijuana. Um, And these women are just forgotten about. And I'm just going to kind of. Hijack it. No, no, hijack (laughs) it away. No, you
2: put that link in the comments earlier. Um, Thank you for that. And just keep, yes, keep going. Uh And and like
8: you said, though, because of the judicial system, as well as very multifaceted. So like so many of these stories are compounded. Like the the one I was just saying, um, she, her mother or her father, her husband and her son, it was three generations of family that got busted for marijuana. She came out here with her family from Jamaica when she was one. She has two, good group. both of her kids are American citizens and she is up parole in November. And my fear is that they're gonna extradite her to Jamaica and her family's here. And so there's so much that we need to do to advocate for these women that have no voice and who have done horrendous sentences for, for, for a plant, you know? For a plant. And that's, you know,
1: that's where my, my family history came from, we gardeners, we farmers, we farmers, we're Sixty years, so that's what I always fall back on. The, the land is agricultural the regulation, or this. So maybe say, I can grow flowers, I can sell flowers, and and I can sell anything ancillary to those needs, to that that actual you know, crop or business or so, right? You know. And right you-
8: just to separate a little bit of the industry and the movement. When an in- somebody in the industry gets busted, it's a zoning violation, right? So they get a fine, $10,000 a day for staying open or not, or they just do a smash and grab and take all your product. But right. if you're a patient, you you don't get fined, you pay with your life. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I want to remind people that the people that are still sitting in prison that have been there for a long time are the reason that we have any sort of regulations Uh, or any sort of access to cannabis because they paved the way. I want to remind people that amount is irrelevant. That cannabis, that thousand pounds that somebody was willing to transport was how you got your cannabis before you had any sort of lawful regulations in your state. So be mindful that those people, who knows what the reason, if it was profit or is that they cared and were compassionate, it's irrelevant. They put their life on the line. And when we start to profit while we have people sitting in our prisons, it's ridiculous. yeah, I can't. We're on the wrong direction. So we mm-hmm. need to we need to stop every time there's a law being passed in a the state. They can just put at the very end within 30 days of passing this bill. Everybody who's incarcerated can be released. All records can be expunged if you have a, a state that's passing medicinal regulations put and for all cannabis that causes medicinal relief for whatever ailment and like my state, we have the right to farm. There's all these horrible regulations for recreational, legal, lawful cannabis. We have the right to farm bill, and it's so beautiful. And we just have to amend it. It's our Bill of Rights. It's our it's our protected agricultural right to farm. What we have to do is add three words, do we include cannabis? Done. And instead, we'd rather create these harsh, harsh regulations and harsh restrictions. And what ends up happening is we come up with an arbitrary number, like differentiating the plant cannabis from hemp. Ugh. And Kansas, you're hitting all my buttons right now. It started in the 70s for a lobbyist, a seed company that have monopolized 0.8%. They got it down to 0. 0.3. They monopolized the genetics for a long time. They hooked up with Dr. Muhammad from the University of Mississippi with eight other scientists and said, we're going to do 0.3%, which is, is barbaric because so the University of Mississippi still provides two patients with 301 gram joints every month. Yeah. grown at the University of Mississippi, funded, started by NIDA, funded by the DEA. And they had a fingerprint identification program that started in the early 60s. So every time the DEA makes an arrest, they send a sample of this cannabis to Dr. Mohammed. 99% of all cannabis eradicated in the United States of America is feral hemp. And since the '60s, since this fingerprint identification program started, feral hemp is tested up to 22% in THC. So stop falling for the rhetoric. Stop falling for the propaganda. Differentiation of hemp in 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 the medical community it's 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 arbitrary. It's a farce. We need to unite and realize that this plant is really going to like save people's lives. And we need. Regulations because some people will grow as much as they can just to share with people. Yeah, Why are we regulating it? It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, you're going to go to jail for seven plants because you should have only had six.
0: So that's, yeah, that's the absolute most insane thing. Uh, Adela Wisdom, your name speaks volumes of who you are, honestly. Uh, thank you so much you. for sharing your wisdom with us, the statistics that you have in your brain. Um, the knowledge that you have, you're amazing. Um, we are definitely interested. As as with most of our guests, or all of our guests today, honestly, we want to invite all of you back to a future episode where you would um be able to absolutely stand on on your platform. Uh, we're planning an incarceration episode, so um stand by to hear from us. Um, I it. Thank you. Erica, did you have any um, final thoughts? Um, anything you wanted to add?
1: Della, I wanted to ask her. Um, she had something about the. She had said, said something about the members volunteering um, in exchange for something. Right before that, she said something like, "Make it a." Said patience over profits, and then I missed. A so.
8: uh, compassionate youth center.
0: That's what she said. Sure did.
1: Excellent.
0: Well, I wish you luck on opening your facility. Thank you. Um, I think it's going to be brilliant. You've been talking about this for years. Um, All of our guests today are extremely passionate about this plant. That's why we chose them. It's not just a business for them, but it's actually a way of life for a lot of us um and uh the way that we push our way in is to be to refuse to be pushed out honestly we have to stand up for ourselves as don said we are our best advocates um we have to be in the spaces and so sometimes we're not invited into spaces. So we just got to force our way into those spaces. And I want to include spaces that are talking about our plant. And those people have no idea what they're talking about. So your government spaces, I want to see more women in those meetings in those when, when they have meetings that are talking about cannabis in your city, your County, your state uh, be present, be representative, of of women in this industry, patients and uh, professionals, uh, because the more we are represented in those spaces, the more they're going to recognize us in those spaces. The more we're going to be able to demand space in in those spaces, and so we have to do that. We have to participate. We can't, uh, you know. Everybody we've brought on again today is a participant and is fighting to make sure that we get to stay in these spaces and um we need we need all of you listening if you're just a consumer be in the space if you're a professional be in the space not just at your job be in the space and um you know be active take action right that's you that's adela right there mm-hmm. um take action uh mj you got any final thoughts um i think you've covered most of the you know like i would definitely um
2: say all of those things, but you covered it all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, if you wanna, ladies, if you wanna give your final remarks and uh, how we can find you and uh, keep up with you, then uh, and then we'll kind of do our little sign off here and our, our home notes and...
8: Yeah,
0: where, where can we find you, Adela?
8: Um, AdelaWisdom.com. And that has all of my information on there. I have a little, a little tab on there called Victims of Prohibition please go there find a person that you you feel like you relate with open up the website learn more about them reach out to them and write them and let them know that they're not forgotten and that there's people out here that are advocating for them that will also help you become an individual that's that is compassionate and educated about this person so when you speak to other people it becomes personalized and people will see that that see it and then See, all of us together reach different people, but collectively we're reaching the masses. So thank Agreed. you.
0: Thank you, Adela, that's, that's beautiful. I, That's amazing, you're just, you amaze me. I mean, I, I love the, the, even the thoughtfulness to even think to that, you know, writing a simple letter to somebody to let them know that we are out here, we're fighting for them and they're not forgotten is, is, is it goes such a long way. Um, man, thank you, thank seriously. You. Uh, Erica, where can we find you?
1: Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, my name is Blazing Maiden, so you can find me there and my farm's going to be called Farm Flourish.
0: So So we'll keep an eye out for that and we'll bring you back on whenever you get opened up. Maybe we'll just, uh, bring you on let you do a little grand opening, uh, little spot. Absolutely. All right. Well, ladies, thank you for joining (laughs) us and, uh, uh, everybody else stay, stay on with us. We're going to do, um, our final thoughts and wrap up and uh and tell you all about the the wonderful things that we need to talk about house cleaning housekeeping housekeeping
2: um and we did you know like the fair me- or Can the queen mentioned um you call me fair it's okay my mama calls me that well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> interchangeable um we do have a lot of stories. We'll we'll cover them on our, our pinner episode. Uh, definitely still some more serious issues to talk about. Um, and also get just the celebration of being women in this industry. So um, thank you for to everyone for uh, staying in with us. If you did, uh, tuning in for with us later, um, look us up on all our different platforms that
1: is going to Run off there because she's really good at it.
0: I'm really good at it. Uh, we're on several different platforms. Uh so currently we're live on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitch. Uh we also post after show on the WeTube. Yes, they still exist. We're gonna help them keep going. Uh the WeTube, uh, then we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts as well, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We're working on that TikTok. We're we're working on getting that done. Um TikTok is difficult sometimes. Just trust us on that. Uh, what else? Uh, those, are, those are the places where you can follow us. You can find us Cannabis Closet 420. So that's the moniker that we use or, the, or, our, or our name. Uh, but you can also look us up by looking up The Cannabis Closet Podcast. That's podcast, not podcast. And you can find us on those platforms. Don't forget that we're having a raffle. The raffle ends on 419 at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, The tickets are $25 a piece. You have a chance to win a Focus V Carta like this. It will have a clear glass on it. This one's my personal one. Uh, The one that we are raffling has a clear glass on it. It's an amazing machine. I can tell you all about it. I'm super stoked about it. Uh, We also have resin art, which includes rolling trays and uh, ash trays and things of that nature for every stoner need. Uh, we have some uh, cannabis apparel, so hats and other uh, apparel and items, accessories. Uh, and then we also have canna queen and the cannabis closet uh, apparel as well, which brings us to the art contest. We're having an art contest, ladies and gentlemen. We need a logo and we would love your help. Uh, We will put your art onto a uh, hoodie or t-shirt, depending on the season when we choose it, which is probably going to be soon. So maybe we'll do a t-shirt and a hoodie, a little combination for you for all of your help. It could potentially lead to a future contract. Um, We don't want to make a promise or anything, but if we like what you're doing, expect to hear from us often and because uh, we like to work with people that uh, work in small businesses or um, in that in that function like that, we don't want to work with any big corporations if we can avoid it. So if you have an idea for the Cannabis Closet art, definitely send it to us at Cannabis Closet at gmail.com And we'd love to see your art and we'll um, pick a date for that. We haven't received anything yet, so that's why we haven't chosen a date for when we're going to um, draw those. Draw the winner or pick the winner for that. Uh, but definitely send us your art, cannabiscloset420 at gmail.com. Uh, for the raffle, you can enter the raffle, by the way, by going to our cash app, which is dollar sign cannabis Closet 420 or by using our PayPal, cannabiscloset420 at gmail.com. We are sponsored by My Smoke Gear. Uh, you can check out the link right there. There we go. You can check out that My Smoke Gear link uh right now it's under canna queen dgo we are going to have our own Canvas closet smoke gear link in the very near future check out the happy box bundle it's pretty dope it has a glass uh pipe in it it has a silicone pipe in it which i put down somewhere right here and it also has a, a grinder and you get to choose the designs <laughs> and the colors so it's not uh it's not a surprise you can choose your favorite color and uh create amazing little um a little box for that. And these are pretty resilient too. And MJ, I just, I have yours. I'll be sending it to you very, very soon. You'll have your own to Thank show off. Thanks. Check out um, my smoke, de- smokegear.com slash ref slash queen DGO for um, all of the options. And I believe we have apparel up now too. So check out the apparel. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, what else do we have? That's about it. I think that's it. Uh, think check we- out the Golf Tournament in, uh, in Missouri, Illinois Golf Tournament, it's Midwest Can Expo Golf Tournament, uh, April 17th. So check that out. You can find information on WeCan's uh, Facebook page. That's WECANN. And we are also uh, sponsored today by Fleurvert Academy and Virtual Clinic. So check them out. Oh, yeah, there we go. We got their uh, information right there. Check them out when you get a chance. They're doing amazing things in Missouri. This is a um, black woman owned business and they're going into the areas that don't get attention and don't get clinics coming to them. They're doing it at a reasonable price. So definitely check them out. Check out their classes too. They'll teach you how to grow at home. They'll teach you all about cannabis. They have a lot of different modules and they're, and they're bringing more on board. So definitely check them out. And uh, I think that's, I think that's everything. I think that uh, is everything. Um, tune in
2: to us uh, March 16th. We'll have a little pinner follow-up episode and, mm-hmm, uh, and kind of, uh, again, go over some stories that we didn't get to talk about to today. Um, if you're watching this later and you want to send us your comments or your own stories, uh, we'd happy to be uh, you know, telling those on March 16th. Your 15th. experiences uh, 15th. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a doctor's appointment on the 16th. I guess it's <laughs> in my head. Um so uh, definitely uh, keep up with us, follow us on
0: our platforms. Um, we appreciate you all so much.
1: And uh, yeah. yeah,
0: thanks for sticking with us today on International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, MJ. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you, women, for being you and for uh,
2: you know, uh, just continuing to move forward and knowing that we ha- can uh, provide everything um, that we need.
0: So absolutely. You guys uh, be nice to yourselves. Make sure you're nice to yourselves and uh, stay lifted. Everybody. We'll see you on next Monday for that pinner episode.
1: Yay. Love you. you.
0: Bye.